And I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Why are you a Christian? Why are you a member of not just this church, St. John's, but why are you a member of the universal Catholic Church, the body of Christ? What is the point? We call ourselves disciples. We call ourselves followers of Christ. But why? What is our mission? Every good organization has to have some mission statement, some goal, some reason for being. Even Starbucks has a mission statement to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. You thought you were just getting a cup of coffee. <laughs> when I was at the Naval Academy, our mission statement was drilled into our brains since from the very first day to develop midshipmen morally, mentally, and physically, and to imbue them with the highest ideals of duty, honor, and loyalty, etc., etc. We knew what our mission was. We knew why we were there and what we were supposed to do. So what, then, is our mission statement? What is the mission of the church? If you look at some other churches, they have developed their own mission statements. No doubt, through many weeks and months of hotly contested vestry and committee meetings, trying to parse out the right words to describe what their role is in the world. Some of them are very good. Many of them are not so good. However, at St. John's, if you notice, we don't have our own mission statement. Our mission statement is actually already given to us in the Book of Common Prayer. If you look towards the back of the book in the Catechism, it quite clearly states, what is the mission of the Church? The mission of the Church is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. That's it. Sounds simple enough, right? It's a simple statement, but it's also an extremely powerful and a world-changing goal. It's a mission statement that should govern every single thing we do, everything, to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. When the first disciples were with Jesus, they didn't really know what their mission was. They were disciples. Disciples are people who learn. These disciples followed Jesus around and saw how Jesus ministered. For three years, they absorbed everything that he taught them about God and about our relationship with God and with each other. But there comes a point when it's time to stop following and time to start doing. There comes a point when you've learned all that you need to know. And now is the time to apply it and share what you have learned with others. That's the point we have reached in today's Gospel reading. 
At this point in the reading, we hear how Jesus is traveling all around the cities and villages, teaching, proclaiming the good news, curing diseases, curing sicknesses, having compassion for the crowds that he saw. Jesus is doing everything himself, but he knows that it will take more. He tells his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There need to be more. So Jesus gathers them up, those who have followed him, those who have learned, those who have called him teacher and rabbi. And what does he do? He gives them his own authority. We don't know how he did it. Maybe he breathes on them. Maybe he lays his hands on them. He gives his followers his authority to cast out unclean spirits, to cure every disease and every sickness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing Jesus healing the blind and healing the lame for three years, and now Jesus says that you can actually do the same thing? Here's the important part. Once Jesus gives them this authority, this power and responsibility to minister in his name, he sends them out. The disciples are no longer disciples, those who learn. They are now apostles, from the Greek apostolos, meaning one who is sent off. Their learning time is over. Now is the doing time. But curiously enough, Jesus doesn't send them out to everywhere at once. He tells them not to go around the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and not to go around the Samaritans, those who had been seen as the religious enemy of the Jews. Now, Matthew is written for a Jewish audience, it's true, but Jesus is really telling them that they can't change the world all at once. They need to start small. Start close to home, with those who they are familiar with, those they know. Then they can start working their way out. It was a very practical thing to tell those first apostles, if you think about it. In just a few verses after our reading ends this morning, Jesus tells them to be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Remember that line? There's a big difference between being innocent and being naive. And being as wise as a serpent doesn't mean to be evil or deceitful, but rather to be aware of your audience and your surroundings. Jesus is telling them to use a little common sense. We call ourselves Christians because we follow Jesus Christ. We learn how to do this through scripture, through the liturgy, and through the spiritual graces of the sacraments that fill our lives. But what do we do about it? When we finish with church on a Sunday morning, do we just eat our lunch and go about our daily lives like nothing is different, like nothing has changed, like we are not changed? Or do we use what we have learned, what we know about God, what we know about loving, 
And after we are sent out, do we go into our communities proclaiming that love? Proclaiming it to our friends and our families. They're supposed to be the one easy ones, remember? Do we proclaim it to those who need to hear it the most? This is what we do as Christians. This is what we do as followers of Jesus Christ. It is our mission to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. We do this in all that we do, everywhere, all the time. Jesus has given you his authority. Don't be afraid to use it.